Hi, thanks for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Harmony Slater. And in this episode, we're interviewing a very special guest. She's from Australia. Um, So you're going to hear a lot of adult language. This episode is uncensored and it's very raw and very honest and real. So please use headphones if your kids or other sensitive ears are around. And if this kind of colorful language isn't your cup of tea, you might want to skip this one and sit it out. But for the rest of you, I think you're really going to love it. Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hi, we have a real treat for you today. Russell and I are chatting with a dear friend of mine, Santina Jardina Chard, who for me is a real inspiration. I find her strength and her rawness and her ability to get to the heart of an issue or the heart of the matter um, really touching. And I feel like it's a rare quality these days. We met in Mysore back in 2014. And then in 2017, I was in the Gold Coast in her hometown teaching Mysore um, with her and with a group of students that are also connected to her there. And she just has an incredible story, struggled with heroin, was a heroin addict for several years. Uh, in and out of rehab and also struggled with anorexia and bulimia and is healing herself through Ashtanga Yoga and Gestalt therapy. She was authorized by Sharat Joyce as a level two authorized teacher and her practice is astounding. She's completed all of fourth series And you're going to hear all about this, who she is, and her experience with the practice and yoga, and just her take on the mystical experience, reality, and what's really going on uh, in this interview. So I hope that you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me today for Finding Harmony. And today in our episode... Russell Case is here with me. It's a pleasure. And we are actually finding Santina Jardina Chard. And so we have Santina with us also. Hi, Hi Santina. Well, I'm, I'm happy that you're trying to find me because I certainly can't find myself. <laughs> so when you, you know, find me, can you just remind, remind me that you found me? Well, we're finding at least a part of you today. <laughs> you know, so many parts of me. We were talking about this episode, and one of the um, the titles that we're thinking about, I think this is like episode seven, episode eight, and the title for this one was going to be, What's It Gonna Fucking Take? <laughs> <laughs> That's my standard line. What the fuck's it going to take? Seriously, yeah. it's going to take a bullet to the back it's of the head, really. Fucking take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, in, in that line it really, it permeates every part of your existence, but it also, all, all, for all of us, you know, like just getting out of bed, just getting to, uh, just getting, like learning how to fucking grind coffee beans and just, you know, getting to the practice, making some, some money, trying to relate to this other person who inhabits your soul and your home, trying to figure that out. What is it going to fucking take? It's a mess. It's a fucking <laughs> catastrophe. Really? It's a catastrophe. It's like every time I just am he- like every time I just turn up in the present moment, it's like, yeah, this is the heart of existence. Mm, yes. <laughs> How yeah. the fuck am I going to turn up in this catastrophe that I've made? Yes. For myself. See, wow. See, I don't think people know enough about you. Like you, you know what, you know, I look at you and I think, man, but, but I also feel like I looked or I look around and I also feel like I, I watched this podcast this morning and it really hacked me off and it put me in a bad foul mood the rest of the day. 
I just felt like I was with someone who had never really felt it. And I look at you and I feel you first. Like you come, you come at us like a train. How, like, you know how you're on the subway and you feel the push of air comes at you first before the train arrives? <laughs> That's how it feels with Santina. You feel her first. And, and I just know that you're like, you're like, you really, like you really touched it. Like that, that glowing ball of it, of that thing that we cannot see. You, you peeked behind the curtain once and you fucking saw it. <laughs> I know you did. And then you reached out and touched it. What was that like? Oh, goodness me. <laughs> I've got full fucking goosebumps. <laughs> Russell, because it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, whew, you know, <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh. So it's like the knights at the round table in King Lear. They're trying to find the holy fucking grail, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So where do they enter? No, they wait a second. Wait. King Lear is the one who had sex with his daughters and went blind. You mean King Arthur? Okay. You you know the metaphor better than me. You know the parable better. <laughs> Let me just say this: you enter at the darkest point of the forest. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah. You have to enter at that portal of pain. So at that portal of pain is where the treasure lies. Mm -hmm. And for me, for the most part, it's a double pumping convulsive act on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's that. And, and it's actually, you know, it's touching the, the deepest wounds of my heart. Do you know where you were when that happened? Can you, can you, can you crystallize it for us? Can you say, I know where it was. You know, I was I was Johnny Cash on my knees in the in, in in a in a cavern, and I saw God. Do you can you say where you were in space? What happened to you? Like what well, the fuck happened to you? Well, like there's many times, Russell. It's never it's never just one time. Like it's like for me that truth is an ever expanding illumination. Like it's happened when I was three years old. It happened when I was fourteen. It's happened. Um, in practice, it's happened climbing mountains. It's happening, like, reaching for the last fucking, uh, you know, skerrick of heroin at the bottom of a fucking commission housing in Richmond, Melbourne, like, scrambling for that moment going, who the fuck have I become? And then ex ex expanding into the truth of my awareness in the moment. How so it's not just... Uh, that time... Oh, that time <laughs> I would have been... <laughs> Maybe 20, 24. 24. Or 25. But well, I mean, I think, I think the most illuminating moment for me mm -hmm. was, and I, this is the, the moment I come back to, oh, I'm getting so many shivers in my knees. Um, so I had to, well, I didn't have to, I chose to climb this mountain in, in Patagonia on the, on the, on the, on the Andes side of Patagonia near Chile, but I was in Argentina. And, you know, it's like a fucking 12-kilometre trek. You're scrambling on your hands and knees. And, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not fit like that. I'm not that kind of fit like that in that way. And so mm -hmm. I, I had to move into that resistance of trusting something beyond myself to get up there. Anyway, I scrambled up there and it was freezing, freezing. And I, and I just do these stupid things like throw myself in freezing cold water every morning just because I'm in so much fucking pain. It numbs out the pain. Mm -hmm. um, so I climbed up this mountain. And when I got to the top, I got to the top and it was freezing and the wind was howling and I was, I was in deep, I was in the rat's nest of miseries of my mind. Like I was just up against my personal sufferings and mental graspings. Anyway, I'm sitting there. I got to the top. We got to the top. And my friend, Herman, who brings me to Argentina to teach, he pans me up 
a mate, which is an Argentinian tea. Mm-hmm. And I'm drinking that and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just by the sheer grace of something, this wind sweeps across me like a gush. And it, it, the voice was, the voice was, you are nothing without me. Mm. And I just like, I literally burst into tears and snot at the, <laughs> at the, at the, com- the, 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 the profundity of how that hit my body. It's almost like the, the tyranny of my personal will of getting up that fucking mountain was just cut, just slammed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like it's, th- it's those moments each, each, each time. And the, and the, and the, more, I, the more I go into that, it's, it's happening all the time now. It's, it's happening. It's like you're just this personality in this bio suit and you're actually nothing without the spirit inside of you. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I love um, so much of what you write on Instagram and you really touch some of these topics about, um, you know, who we are and who we're not and cutting through the illusion of who we think we are and the facade that we, we put up to the world. And um, it's so real. It's so raw. It really touches uh, my soul. And I think that, um, you know, it's, it's difficult to use a social platform media to really um, engage with people on a, on a real heart level, or even like uh, in a, in a, in a way that's, um, you know, counter culture, counter the norm or punk punk yeah not authentic, authentic. Real. yeah Sincere. real yeah. how how do you like what do you tap into to connect to that to your authentic self to connect to that space of rawness of realness and and how do you transmit that to others it's it's it's, it's got to come down for me it's it's from the wound like it's always it always comes down to that portal of pain Mm-hmm. Right. It's all. It, it it has to come down to. Well, what is all this about? Yeah. What, you know, like the paradox of pain is, is that like you're in pain, and everything that I do in my practice, it nudges me deeper into that pain, and I'm up against it all the mm-hmm. time, right? It, and yeah. I'm I'm actually nudging into the very fascia to my bones where the story is. Mm. So what's the story? I mean, when you're on, when you're on the mountain and you're, you're in the suffering and you're in the story or you're on your practice and you're thinking about the story or you're, you're, you're at the place where you, you are, you, you choose to go to Richmond and, and take junk what's the what's the what was the what was the what was that that broke you and i i I don't i feel like fucking oprah winfrey here but i just like what can you was there something that sent you that way was it i mean well it always it always comes down i mean like my the the core wound that i hold is i'm weak and i'm gutless And that was just a thing that you knew about yourself right away and carried with you. Uh, yeah, but like I, I'm weak and I'm and I'm gutless, and that story and went in your head. Yeah, the story, the, the the powerlessness that I have over reality. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Right. The 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 powerlessness, like the the very, it comes back to like I mean, ever since I was a child, mm-hmm. I've been. I've been a seeker. I've been, I've been with all noble intent for, for what it's fucking worth. <laughs> <laughs> I've, 
I've been looking for something that's going to soothe this weary soul. And what drew you to yoga or how did yoga find you? What was it that, that uh, pulled you to this practice, to this path? And how has it nourished you? How has it started to work on you or maybe heal? It's, it's really hard to describe how yoga works. I mean, I can quote people, but that's not, that's just pointing the finger at someone else's idea. Mm -hmm. I don't know how yoga works. There's something multidimensional in, in practice, in, 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 in those moments where you're meeting yourself every morning. There's something that in, in that, in those rituals, in Mm -hmm. the, in that, in that beauty, in that adventure, in that unknown, there's, there's an awakening of, of a spark that is, is not just fashioned out of your personality and what you know about yourself. Mm. And, and I mean, if you, if you practice sincerely, if you sincerely practice the practice, and I don't know whether other practices are like this. I imagine any kind of spiritual. If you sincerely practice, it's going to nudge you into finding the things of most value. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for me, that's truth, awareness, and the wisdoms that I hold in the wounds that I have in my heart. Beautiful. So, so that's interesting, right? Like, because I, when I feel you and I feel your, I feel your vibration in my personal space, and I'm with you. You know, I feel someone who's on a knife's edge of pain, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who's completely present in her practice and the way that it's the way that it's healing her and the way that it's working and the way that it's 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 doing something. And so I feel that, and I I think that. There must have been a uh, there. There must have been a lot of different steps on on your your journey where you said, well, you know, this is you know maybe this is working, and you work on something for a while. You maybe you try something for a while. It doesn't work. And was there something like that? Because it because it almost feels like to me like someone who's in is in as much pain as you've been and uses that to to create so much so much steadiness and 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 prana that's really what i mean creates so much prana that vibrates off you like someone who's like on that kind of journey is is like how come it didn't end in a in a like say a a nunnery why didn't it end up in a completely monastic tradition somewhere um you know you know sleeping under the snow you know like you know how come how come it went still like as a like you, you've got a you've got a man there in the house you've got you've got a dog you've got you've got a job you're in the world still it could have easily ended up in a in a in a nunnery easily easily it could have and i think I'm, you would have taken refuge yeah, yeah. um <laughs> fuck, you know look it, I, I fucking love life. Yeah. Right? I, 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 you know, like, I want to feel everything. Yeah. I want to fucking feel every little subtle nuance of my existence. So I will take it to the extreme to do that. Yeah. Because for the most part, Russell, I'm a fucking numb. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't know. I don't know. The boundary, Russell. I'm either numb oh. or I'm totally in it. I know nothing yeah. of balance or moderation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm. It's like, uh, you know, like I'm not a yogi in that sense. I don't know the middle path. Not yet anyway. <laughs> little right. by little, the pendulum slows, you Things. know. Totally, totally. The excess <laughs> potential somehow gets finds <laughs> its way out of the system. Yeah, it but, loses yeah, momentum. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I'm, a, I'm Russell. Life is happening. There's an animating spirit that is what outside of what you know, the the the, the seeming feelings or, or thoughts that I have about free choice. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
something, <laughs> something's fucking pushing me along and yeah. it ain't me, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. things, things are moving. But, you know, Russell, I love life. I love feeling. I love experiencing. I Like, I'm wild. <laughs> you yeah. are wild. And yeah. you're very brave and very courageous and very bold and very and strong. Well organized too for being as wild as she is. Yeah. Well, I have a husband. <laughs> I have a husband that just looks at me and goes, Santina, put the baby to bed. <laughs> That's enough. It's enough. Yeah. You've, yeah. you've had enough food, you've had enough practice, you've had enough drugs. You've, yeah. you've, it's enough. You know, yeah. so I have someone who's very, he's a Virgo, so he's very methodical. Things are, right. things are very easy for Shane, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's good um, to have those people around. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really love that story. If you don't mind, I don't know, I don't know if this is the, the place for it, but how you met Shane really tickled me. My parents owned a house here on the Gold Coast in, in, in Broadbeach, like a unit, and they, you know, they're, my parents, my whole life, have tried to clean up my act for me. Oh. <laughs> like, they bring me to the Gold Coast, and I'm on the methadone program trying to clean up my act. And, of course, I'm still looking for heroin every night. So I, I go uptown to look for some, some junk. And, of course, you know, like the Gold Coast is not really a junk place. It's an upper place. It, everyone here is on either cocaine speed at that time or ease and so i go uptown all dressed up like like some harlot <laughs> from somewhere out of space cosmic girl and um very 1900s what's yeah, totally. <laughs> the lady from the what's the woman from the bible called I don't know. oh jezebel uh, jezebel Look, like in the, look in the Jezebel. <laughs> no, I didn't look like that at all. But anyway, um, so I got town and I, and, and I'm, you know, strutting my legs up the street looking, yeah. you know, at that time I was, a, I was a junkie and I was, I was lean and mean, even though I was a junkie. There's just that, that, that persona that I had. Anyway, mm -hmm. I'm walking uptown and he's following me up the street. And Shame. Yeah, he's following me up the street and he's whistling at me, like looking at me like, come on, let's, let's chat, let's talk. And he comes up to me and he goes, he shows me all of these keys, which are, which are free passes into all of the, um, all the discos uptown. Mm -hmm. like, come on, I'll get you in. And I could tell, like he was on it. He was off his googie. His eyes were rolling back in his head. He was so, so alive. And, um, <laughs> and like, I just got an image of him there, like looking at me, like, "Come on, sister, let's do this shit." Yeah. So anyway, he gets me into this club called the Berlin Bar, and as soon as I got in, I just fobbed him off. I just released him because I was like, "No, you don't have anything of what I'm looking for." You could I tell. I, yeah, I could tell. I'm going for the ride. He's not a heroin dude. He would never have put a needle in his arm. He's just he's out for the ride. He's out for the adventure. I don't want to go up. I want to go down. Right. I'm already up. Right. I was born up. I want to go yeah. down, man. I, yeah. I want to completely go into silence and numbness, not yeah. any higher. Yeah. So anyway, he's still chasing me around the club all the time. And he says to me, come on, let's go out and let's, let's you know, smoke some coke and rah, 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 pills, all the rest of it. And, and I, I'm just pushing him off me going, no, I'm not interested. You know, I'm looking for something. Anyway. He wore, me, he wore me down and I could tell that nothing was going to happen with my adventures to try and find heroin. So I just gave in to him. Right. And we went outside and we did what we had to do. And then he's like, how would you like to just come home to my house and we can smoke a few cones? And like, yeah. He go, I go to him, yeah, I've got some mull too, so let's go. Mm -hmm. We went back. To, he took, we, we, went, we took the bus back to his place. <laughs> Which is like I'm not a bus girl, you know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like bus lane, where's your fucking car, mate? <laughs> right in the bus lane. So anyway, I I jumped in the I jumped in the bus with him. We went back to his house, and yeah, it was just this very very sweet connection that we had because 
I don't even tell him Heroin addict or anything? Yeah, sorry, Russell. Yeah. But no, no. He, but he, he like he left you alone, didn't he? He was he sweet. Went, he was like he was for the first guy in maybe ten years that never asked me for sex for drugs. Right. Yeah. Ever. Right. Never, ever, ever. And like he he chased me for about two months. I went back to the Gold Coast the next day. He chased me for two months every day. It's like sending me money and. Sending me dope and sending me all sorts of things to try and get up. <laughs> and, like we hadn't even really, we'd never even kissed really. Like we'd had a, a hug. It was like, he just looked at me in such a way. It was like, you're just such a unique creature. Where the yeah. fuck have you come from? <laughs> wow. Where have you come from? And how come you're quickening my heart? My heart quickens when I'm around you. He saw you. You saw me. Like, that was, Russell, you hit it. The reason why I gave up heroin was because he was the first human being that didn't make me give up. Mm-hmm. Right. He, he just didn't want me to change. Yeah, that's beautiful. He just wanted he to be with you. He just, he just somehow knew that if I just let her be mm-hmm. without trying to change her, something will come alive yeah something will come alive that and like that's like that's the finding the finding harmony thing it's like you you suddenly find it and he has this moment like he, like it's like a kind of a it's a guy that suddenly decided to invent apple computers in his garage he had a vision for how he wanted his life to be he saw it in that moment he saw it on the street and changed his whole life around to get that thing which in an, and its purest form is love, and it's the love is this connection between between you know Krishna's, you know he sees it, he saw you, and now and and he's still with you. I think I think it it's a feeling, mm-hmm. Russell. Like the eyes appearances are deceptive. Hmm. I mean you can only see out of the content of your own consciousness, but when you feel something, you know it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can feel someone inside. It's like, ah, oh, there's that feeling. Wow. Yeah. There's no yeah. I just know. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, like you can you can see a lot of things. You can see a lot mm-hmm. of things, but that vision is not always. It's occluded. Yeah. It's often there's a it's occluded by the contents of your mind, but when you feel that in your heart that you can't deny. Yeah, it's deep. It's it's in your it's it's it, like in your whole body almost, you know. It permeates it, it mm-hmm. permeates and it sends a reverberation through the a whole system. Mm-hmm. And so you're doing shit that you wouldn't normally do for someone. You're like, why the <laughs> fuck am I doing this? You're like, oh, because I, I don't know, but I keep doing it, and it's not from my mind. It's something else. Yeah. So this is really the thing that's I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around. Is I've made a lot of mis, I've made a lot of bad decisions in my life. You know, I went to art school, for example, <laughs> and it just I went on. It just went on. It just went on and on. It just fucking cycle of bad decisions, one after the other. And I, at each point that I made those decisions, I really felt like I was making the right decision. I was doing the best thing that I could for myself. And yet I can see in hindsight, like, oh, that was not a good idea. And, and really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I'm still here today. And I'm like, I'm the accumulation of, of a number of really bad decisions. And I'm still doing the best that I can. <laughs> and and it's it's this determinist, it's this determinism, you know, and, and so I'm I know when it's junk, right? I know when the ju- like, okay, yeah, that's junk. Get off that. The fucking violent video games or whatever it is I'm obsessed with at that time. That's that's taking me away from doing anything that involves love. Okay, but I know, like, okay, get away from the junk and then go and do this thing that that involves love. But like, I still, I'm not totally convinced that my ability even to turn away from junk and, and pursue love wasn't determined 
how do you wrap your head around those? Oh, you mean it's not from your mind? Is that what you're saying? No, I mean, I, 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 I can only make the choices that I can make. Even when I'm making good choices, I couldn't have made a different choice because I'm me. And you are you, you're Santina. You couldn't have made different choices that put you in the position that you are now. And, and neither could Harmony, but it still seems, you know, like it feels like we have a choice. I feel like I'm choosing not to, not to go, you know, but I don't, I don't, I don't know okay, if I so am. The way I see it is, is that it, you, you think you have free choice, but unless, unless you have actually extrapolated, actually excavated the unconscious parts of yourself and you have clearly, clearly seen the parts of yourself that you don't want to look at, then only in the moment when that part of you gets triggered, do you have choice? So it's all those emotional childhood resentments and charges that once you have integrated and you have seen clearly and something comes out to you from the external and you're like, holy fuck, here it is again. (laughs) Then in that moment, through awareness, through love, through self-responsibility and through being very, very resonant with what's alive, do you have a choiceful moment? So that takes deep presence. That takes... That takes a lot, a lot of inner work to get to that point where you're like, oh, yeah, fuck, right. Here we are with this childhood resentment again. Yeah. But Sorry? it's a non-action. So in, it, so in the heat of all of these triggers, we're choosing not to respond. That's the final choice. It's like I'm not going to... to get head up about that again. I'm not gonna fucking fly off the handle again. I know this pattern. It's responding instead of reacting, but you need to create a space. And you also, like you say, need to know what's, um, what your samskara is in a way, what, your, what triggers you. So, well, what part of me in this moment, what, what part of me, because it's always a child, for me anyway, it's always a small child in this part of me felt tired, exhausted, um, unsafe, um, mm-hmm. whatever yeah. it is. In that moment, she's there going, okay, how are we going to get out of this feeling? It's a childhood emotional charge that in the moment hasn't been integrated in the whole of who you are. Mm-hmm. So things from the past, things from the future are here now, right? Recreating yeah. your reality. Yeah. So in that moment, it's like, okay, Shane said that and I felt that. Okay, right. What do I... And then you, in the, in the moment, you have an experience and then you can experiment with a new way of being. But that means that those parts of you that are unconscious and those parts of you that are unfinished and are still hanging out on the outer raw ragged edges have to be brought into the here now. And that, as I, then I see that as choice. And is this, uh, cause you do a lot of uh, gestalt therapy and you help people with the gestalt therapy as well. Is this part of that? That's, it's all that. Yeah. It's, it's all like bringing that existential knowing of yourself, right? That humanistic knowing of yourself and that experiential knowing of yourself here now. Mm-hmm. Right now, how am I relating to the other myself and everything around me right now? And I'm curious, do you think, you know, a lot of people come to this practice and they're practicing um, some type of Ashtanga yoga or, you know, vinyasa yoga or flow yoga or whatever um, style of yoga they're practicing and, and they're just doing their practice. They're getting up, they're doing their practice. Do you think that this type of deep introspection happens or occurs naturally from the practice or do you think it's something that you kind of have to um, cultivate in yourself or at least be willing to um, open yourself up to i i can only go from my own experience Mm -hmm. um so like for the first four years of practice my teacher bless him, love him so much. 
my then teacher, that? Mark Togney, my, my first, the first man who introduced me to the practice, right? Mm-hmm. So he, he, he cleaned up my act by just giving me more and more and more and more and more postures. Right. Like just, just right up to four series, just slammed me. And it got me off drugs. Like it got me off drugs. Mm-hmm. But it also left me there hanging on the raw and ragged edge with all of my resentments and all of my pains and all of my um, despair and anger and rage and everything. And so then it was just kind of getting worse too, you know, like I was, um, it just got a bit worse. And so he said to me, you need to go and see this woman, which was a gestalt therapist. Mm -hmm. And then she, she helped me see how all the unfinished parts of myself were getting brought into the practice and that I really didn't have the tools to integrate those parts of myself. And so the practice had sliced me up, but then leave me there yeah, to sort it out somewhere out in the world, which I had, I had no understanding on how to do that. I had no understanding on how I made meaning of my world. Yeah. I was just doing everything that I was doing, but, at a hundred percent, three thousand percent more voltage. Yeah, exactly. Right, because right? I was like highly vaulted up from all those, pra- all those, all those asanas. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like I couldn't even string two words together. Someday I just look at my husband and go, "Holy fuck, babe! I'm just on some other planet, you know? <laughs> planet Santina." We don't have anything to deal with the with what you just described, the sliced up bits of ourselves are totally exposed and energized after doing second series. Yeah. You know, like you're on, I was on a razor's edge the whole time. Like I was, yeah. in, I was in road rage accidents and police at the back of Divi vans. It was making it worse in a way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was... I told you some of the stories you like, are you serious? This was happening. Like, yeah. I wasn't shooting up heroin, Uh-oh. but there was lots of other things happening. Oh, Santina. Is, do, you, do you think the practice in itself beca- can become like an addiction or a replacement for the addiction? I'm totally addicted. I'm yeah. still totally addicted. <laughs> so in answer to your question, Harmony, for me, I had to be in enough pain to bring this to my practice. This practice layers into that practice. Yeah. So now it's like the gush... The practice slices me up, the gestalt puts it back together. The, the gestalt slices me up, the practice puts it back together. So you've mm-hmm. got these two practices that are layering in on each other all the time. Mm-hmm. So, so my practice every morning is an adventure into myself. It's not about perfecting asana. That's beautiful. But it it's, took you four years of really perfecting the asana to um, kind of enter a different journey into yourself. Well, that asana had to bring me to my knees. Yeah. Right? That as- the asana had to annihilate me. Mm. I've done this a lot of things. If you're not fucking in love, you won't do that shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's too but terrible, you, isn't if, it? If you <laughs> see love as, yeah. as an abuse, yeah, then you know, you'll be fine with it. Um, <laughs> can, can I ask? I am, I'm really... Um, I'm about as ignorant as they come. Gestalt sounds like a like a German word. Is this like a German psychotherapy? What? what yeah. So it's uh, it, Gestalt is the word the word for Gestalt is whole. It's like the, the fundamental principle under Gestalt is this human is already a whole human, right? And through unconditional self acceptance, and without forcing change, with enough understanding and enough awareness and enough dialogue and presence and experimentation, the whole of this person can be integrated into the now. Hmm. Right? There's no, there's no 10 point fucking plans. Do this, <laughs> do that. This doesn't work like that. That's just not what it is. It's like, let's through, through, through deep, deep awareness and through dialogue, and through understanding the individual within the field in which they live and through experimentation, we can come to a fuller, richer understanding of your world and how you exist in the world. 
You know, like mm -hmm. the classic gestalt question is this. So what are you aware of now? It sounds uh, like a yoga question. <laughs> yeah, like what, that's why it works so well with Ashtanga. <laughs> yeah. That's why it works so well with Ashtanga because it's about awareness. Yeah. yeah. The key to yoga is awareness. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. if your teacher, like the thing, the thing is, if your teacher hasn't done that work, how can they deliver you into that work? They it's cannot. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. You got to go deep if you want to be able to uh, really transmit that vibration, that, that healing, that wholeness, that holding a space, holding a group of people, you have to face all of your, your light and dark and shadow areas, your angels, your demons. You've got to go, go into the belly like you of the beast. Yeah. You've got to go into the, and you've got to bring that beast is the present moment because that beast for the most part is what's charging you in that relationship with someone. Yeah. You know, it reminds me um, of being in a particular posture like Kapotasana and <laughs> being, I got really, I got really freaked out about that posture because I was used to you know, in my childhood and then my adolescence, I was used to an aponic state where I'm crumpled and crouched and hiding. And I was used to, I liked that. I liked being hidden. I liked my heart being hidden, my shoulders being closed forward and, and everything being squeezed down there. That was, that was safe. And so here was a guy, uh, actually his name was Guy, taking me in the opposite direction and ripping me open and I got really freaked out and I stopped sleeping. And I mean, I could sleep on Friday night. That was really the only time I would sleep. But the rest of the week for about a year and a half, I'd wake up every hour on the hour completely freaked out. And I had to, I had to transform that experience because it, it, it to me it was death. And I was freaked out the moment I woke up of death and I was, and, and then I would just, I would be terrified until he, I'd finally be done with it. And then I'd, I would, I'd be moaning loudly in class audibly and everyone would look, oh, Russell's getting Kapitasana adjustment again. And then I'd be done. And I had to transform that moment into, and instead of death, instead of dying, I had to transform it into, this is my moment where I don't have to do this again. This is my moment of freedom. And, and that was like the first, I think, real moment in, in yoga where I, where I really felt like, oh, this is what transformation means. Mm. It's, it's taking death and turning it into love. And I, I just feel like that's something that, that I really see in you and I really see in your, in, that you've, you know that, that sensation. And, and I, it's interesting hearing about the gestalt because I think like, Wow, yeah, instead of just like guy waving at me goodbye and not even speaking to me ever, you know, having somebody like having a way of articulating what was going on instead of just like walking out the door and going back to our life like that. That's it's a this is these are these are really serious things that are happening to us. Holy. Absolutely. Like what happens in the Mysore room and in those postures, like the interiority in which you with every aspect of your mind in your body and, and what you are disentangling in there, only you know. Mm -hmm. mm. Only, only you know the veracity at which you enter that posture. Now, if a teacher, if a teacher has not been there and they, they cannot look at a student and go, hold fuck, they're in it. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. Let me just tenderly hold you in this presence. Yeah. You know, and like when you when you tenderly hold that that level of intensity within yourself and you you hold it with so much attention and so much awareness and so much there's a, there's a distance, but you're in it. You're not, you're, not, you're not distant, but it's hard to describe how you're sitting back from it. 
-hmm. something happens from you and it's like it's like the 60 billion trillion gazillion dollar question no one has a fucking answer for that something (laughs) happens and it's that point it's that point where you transcend the mess that you fucking are right now you Mm -hmm. can't buy that shit you can't fucking run away from that shit. You can't read about that shit. It is in you. Now, you have to be in enough pain to go there. It comes out of necessity. That is right. the portal in. So if you're not in pain, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. Just go to the coffee shop and have a croissant yeah. and enjoy your yeah. fucking life. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I, and that's that's set, what set me off this morning. And I was like, this person was just talking about how much they enjoyed the practice. I was like, oh, it's so, it's so nice. I love the feeling. And as I'm getting older, it doesn't, I don't, you know, some things are not as accessible. And I wanted, like, I was gonna fucking puke. I wanted to fucking puke because I. Was, uh, it's it's interesting. I feel like most people that are drawn to Ashtanga have some deep wound that they're trying to heal through the practice or that's brought them to the practice for healing. Um, So I think there's sort of a common thread amongst at least Ashtanga practitioners there, especially in the Mysore method. It really, I mean, it, it connects you to something like you're saying, that's ineffable, something that's, that's also deep, buried deep within ourselves. Look, I think that you can, you can, like, I think you can come to the practice and not, and just skirt all over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, if you, if you don't, if you don't bring a level of sincerity, mm-hmm. like a real, what the fuck is going on here attitude. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like, that's, that's the attitude I bring to my mat this morning. Okay, here we are. What the fuck's going on here? <laughs> yeah. What's really going on here? Are you going to practice like someone told you to practice? Or are you going to practice how your spirit asks you to practice? Mm. That's a and good are you question. listening or are you listening to what everyone else said? Mm-hmm. Because that's the way it was taught. Well, it may have been taught like that, but what about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and a- no one wants to do that, Harmony and Russell, because that <laughs> means they have to take fucking responsibility. Yeah, that's what yoga asks us to do, to take that responsibility. Right? And, mm. and to actually support yourself from inside. Yeah. Yeah. Right? This internal support that comes from a deep reservoir. Mm. Yeah. Right? And we don't want to do that because that means you are on the left of field of your fucking life. <laughs> could you say, I'm sorry, could you say that one more time? You were on the what? The left. The left, on the left of field of your fucking life, you're looking at the goalpost going, this is not going to fucking happen. Uh, <laughs> left of field. Okay. You're, All right. You're left of field of your fucking life. That's your life. And then you have to stand <laughs> out of your life and go, how am I going to kick this goal? Holy <laughs> fuck. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't know whether I'm going to be able to kick this goal. Yeah. And then, you, then, then you're practicing. Because then you're in your, your, you have to, you come to truth. You come, you're up against your powerlessness, your power, mm-hmm. right? Your self-importance, your selflessness, mm-hmm. your ideas about money and God. Mm-hmm. Everything in that moment's there. <laughs> and, and the one for me is self-justification. That's my big thing. Yeah. How much am I going to just self-justify everything that I'm doing? Like I fucking know anything about anything. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a fine balance. You know, I'm sure you get asked this question a lot because I get asked this question a lot. Um, but how do you know when you're pushing too much or you're letting yourself off the hook too much or you're, um, you know, being too rigid and too um, conform to the rules, or you're being too relaxed and too free form, how do you find that 
middle ground? How do you kind of walk that razor's edge between these opposites? Well, it's always trial and error, but for the most part, it's like, it, unless, unless I use my intuition, mm -hmm. I'm just always going out of my mind. And my mind is just a trickster. It has no idea what's yeah. going on. Yeah. yeah, the mind likes to be naughty. Right? That's where it's self-justification. Like, let me just, how much can I just justify this, that I'm doing the right thing? For sure. Rather than my intuition guiding me. And that intuition comes from the gestalt work. It doesn't necessarily always come from Ashtanga. Right. Yeah. Right? That, that comes from that deep inner work. It's like, what part of me is talking here? What part of me is present here? Oh, that's that part of me. Oh, that's that part of me. Oh, that's, oh, holy shit. No wonder <laughs> my life is a mess. Yeah. <laughs> There's too many Santinas. Too many, like which part of me really is talking here? Is it, is it the multidimensional self? That part of myself, that, that buzz outside of myself that is constantly saying, are you going to fucking listen? What are you going to fucking listen? What are you going to listen? <laughs> <laughs> Or is it that part What's of it going to fucking take? What's it going to fucking take? <laughs> How many times do I need to whip you on the back? <laughs> <laughs> right? And so, like, uh, I don't know if there's any answer to that, Harmony, but it's mm. two, two things that is, is always, I have to reduce importance around things. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. And I need to yeah. find boundaries. So it, it, reduce importance comes down to my self-importance, how much I inflate myself around things. Yeah. It's like an important Santina. We've got so much to do in the world and we are the and all of that bullshit. It's just not true. You're just Santina. Mm -hmm. Right? So that brings balance in. And the importance that I place on, on happenings and occurrences and events. Mm -hmm. So that's a moment to moment. How much... Excess potential I have I given this? Oh, too much. No wonder I don't, I'm not listening to my intuition because I'm in my mind thinking that that's going to bring me happiness. Right. And the other one is boundaries, like knowing, knowing in internal boundaries and external boundaries. Like, and I don't know anything of boundaries. When you're wounded as a child, you don't know boundaries. Everything's too extreme. Mm -hmm. Right. Of right? course. Everything's like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to over-fucking-do it because that's the way it should happen, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. No. Yeah, because, yeah. So it's like okay. knowing internally when I have an option here. I can't really say yes until I give myself permission to say no. Mm -hmm. Right? So can I say no? Yeah, I can actually. Well, then do you want to say yes? No, I don't want to fucking say yes. I want to say no. Great. You're done. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> right? Or, or can, okay, I've given myself permission to say no. What's the worst that can happen? That. All right. Well, I'm okay with that. So now that if that's the worst that can happen, can I move into yes? Yes, I can. Let's do it. Mm. So it's this constant internal checking in on where shit's coming from to find balance and to find truth. Yeah. And then external boundaries as well. It's like, you know, how, how much of, am I allowing what's happening out there to dictate where I am inside? Mm -hmm. That's and a good that, one for right now, especially. <laughs> yeah, like how much am I just, that's a good one to, you know, it's, it's like <laughs> this. It's like those 3 a.m. calls in the morning from your spirit. You get out of bed. And you're stumbling to the toilet and you're looking at yourself going, holy fuck, this is my life. How did I get here? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Right? And they <laughs> happen from, from when you're two years old all the way until you're 40 fucking five. Like me, it's like, oh. <gasps> yeah. Look yeah. at this catastrophe that I and yeah. how did it get being. this bad? Yeah, how did, yeah. how did it get this bad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was I was thinking about something along those lines. Um 
when I st first started, I, I was given this text by Swami Vivekananda, the Raja Yoga, and it was talking about the, uh, the Yoga Sutras. And it really, uh, a lot of people I know don't care for it very much, but it, it, I liked it because, you know, the first one that I ever picked up, you know, and it had the, had the Yoga Sutras in it. And one of the things he said in the preface was, you know, asana, you know, asana, sure, the yogi will live 200 years, no problem, black hair and everything. Um, but the vanity, it's the vanity that's the problem for the, as the, the asana practitioner. And it really hit me in the gut. And I was like, oh, yeah, wow, this guy, this guy really understands yoga, I thought. And then I immediately went back to my practice and like, and my practice was very body conscious, really interested in like very low body fat content, really having a six pack ab, really looking like really as, as perfect as I could. And like, that's really what I was into, even though that's what I had just read. Like I immediately went right back and like body consciousness was all the yoga practice was in a way. You know, achievement, more postures, more ripped, and as long as I wasn't ripped, I was going to be unhappy. And yet the practice was creating this um, constitution where I was relaxing so much. I was, as you like to say, I was relaxing on the inside that um, it was softening things. Mm. And yet still, like today, like, I kind of wish I had a six pack. And like, that's really kind of what I'd like to have most in the world. <laughs> At the same time that I know, like, just shut up, just shut the fuck up. This is working for you. Mm. This bloody cycle back and forth of like, right thinking and wrong thinking and like, still like, just, just like, oh, just fucking keep doing it. It's working. But like, you know, I'm really unhappy all the time because I, I don't, I don't look the way that I want to. You'll never look the way you want to. Once you accept that, then you're free. I don't yes. know. <laughs> I don't know, man. If you want freedom, I just gave you the key. Unlock your own damn door and walk out of the room. Yeah. But the, thing, the thing is, it's like you can't control something if it's still controlling you, right? Right. You know, look, I don't have the fucking lean body that I had like six years ago or whatever. But I feel more integrated than I've ever felt. Which is good. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, what's real here? Yeah. There's a little, you know, there's a little circle jerk of body dysmorphia in this phone call. But like, okay, let's yeah, just keep totally. going. <laughs> so, I mean, I look in the mirror every day going, oh, holy fuck, what happened to those muscles in your legs? Oh, well, that's what happened. You mm. stop fucking, you relaxed. inside. <laughs> Inside. inside you relax inside. inside and so even yeah. though you don't have those legs right. you're actually more present in your life with yeah. your husband and you're yeah. more sensitive and intuitive than you ever have been in your life and your constituted mind is starting to fucking enfold on itself mm -hmm. yeah. right and so the the suffering and the pleasures of your intellect dissipating and Reality is appearing rather than your illusions around what you have to be to be okay. Mm. Now, that's a fucking struggle, man. Like the last three months, I've looked at 43 years of fucking anorexia and bulimia in three months going, are you fucking serious? Yeah. Wow. 43 yeah. years and you still haven't looked at this. <laughs> so my ass has fallen off the back of my iliums yeah mm -hmm. right because i'm not doing all the things i used to do to get out of this pain yeah and yet there's a deeper part of me that knows if i allow myself to soften around this mm -hmm. my body will come back into the wholeness because i still want to look amazing everyone does yeah mm -hmm. but i want to fucking feel amazing <laughs> yeah, that's that's the more important thing because, as you say, the eyes can be deceiving, and especially around our own self-image and our our own selves. And so, you can't trust your your sight. You have to go inside and feel it and feel 
the truth, right? Yeah, feel amazing, feel good, feel whole. Yeah, it's not about appearances. It's a fucking feeling. Everything's a feeling. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and if, and if, like what I know about my body, whenever I don't feel safe, whenever there's a feeling of gutlessness, is that, that, that's the way I want to put it, you know, just yeah. fucking gutless, Santina, right? <laughs> I, I have belly fat. Whereas when I feel safe in myself, mm-hmm. that, that belly fat just softens. It doesn't go completely, but there's, there's, my belly feels integrated. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Everything feels like s- solidified, like the, the wind is not going to blow me over. Yeah. You know, one comment by someone just completely smashes you up against the wall because they said something and you're like, no, I'm fine. I know who I am. Yeah. I know where I've been. I know what I've had to surmount. You, you know, your root, you know, yeah. where your root from, and it doesn't come from how you look. You know, exactly. your root comes from the reservoir and the animating force that's within you that you fucking touch every time this pain comes up. I think you have to also go into the pain, right? When it comes up. <laughs> you, have to be, you have to be in it, in the yeah. moment. Yeah. You can't just push it away or run away or smoke it away or fuck or, it away or, or whatever. Away. Or just let it go. <laughs> yeah. Just, let, just love it. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Don't give me fucking let it go. <laughs> 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 what the fuck does that mean anyway? It means bring it here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it here first and then you move through it and then it can dissipate. But I'm telling you from my experience, that shit never goes. It gets Mm. better. You get Mm -hmm. more, you're able to see it more clearly and you're able to stand back from it, but it ain't fucking going anywhere. It's in the fabric of your being. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Those, um, you know, the clashes, these, these, um, habits or tendencies that we're born with, these desire, the aversion, the uh, not knowing, the personality or the sense of self get thinner and thinner and thinner or become dormant. But it's very difficult to completely uh, burn these seeds. You know, they can, they can become quiet. They, they can become almost powerless over you, but it's very difficult to completely... Uh, annihilate them until you've left human form. It'd be easier to grow straight hair. <laughs> I mean, I'll never say never. It, never, right. Impossible to God. Yeah. Impossible to God. But, but my experience is they are here now. And what I know from my Gestalt work is that they are here now, right? And they're from the past but I have a choice in the now to experiment with a new way of being in the now here. Mm. And that's where I, I form that interface with the world. Now, if you're not willing to look at that, you're not a whole human being in the world. Mm. That's what brings wholeness. What brings wholeness is this part of myself is unintegrated. I need to interface with that part of myself and bring it into relationship with the world. So, look, we've we've never we've never done an interview before, but normally, and people like to create an opportunity, you know, create an opportunity for a plug. <laughs> yeah. So, w- where are you going to be next in the world, Santina? But at the moment, I'm just doing a few online classes. And can people yeah. find you there? Can they can they study with you online? Can they meet you? Yeah, there? they can. We can. We're doing Mysore, and we're doing Gestalt sessions online, and. Yeah. You are the bits and pieces and workshops. So. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, this whole interview uh, brought to mind this Mother Teresa quote that, um, but it's that one where it says, I have found the paradox that if you love until it hurts, there can be no more hurt, only more love. I love that. And Mm. I think that just embodies your journey and your teachings and. Um, some of what we've talked about here today. So, yeah. yeah. And, and you know what, Harmony, there's one, there's one 
the one thing that I love, that I, one quote that I love about Mother Teresa, and she said it, and I think about it all the time, uh, it's like, you can love and you can love and you can love. But when I'm tired, I can't love anymore. <laughs> right? Wow, it's like, yeah. you, can't, you know, like it, sometimes yeah. you just get tired. Yeah. You yeah, know, and I think that's one of the things. Like, if you're deeply wounded as a child, mm-hmm. yeah. you don't know the boundary between um, what to give and what to pull back from. Yeah, right. and so you can love and love and love and love and love, and sometimes it can get you nowhere because what's really missing is the love for you. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fill the world. Love for fucking you. Yes, yeah. it's true. <laughs> for all your indiscrepancy, you know, everything that is about you, all of your pathetic ways in the world and your manipulations and everything you do to try and make things work that never work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we all, we all have it. We all have those things. That's the, that's the beauty of, of it even if you deny it you're lying to yourself (laughs) and yeah like it's 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 i just i just like you know like it's that level of self-acceptance yeah yeah it's necessary before you can truly love yourself for sure you got to accept it And, and you know the one thing i keep on saying about you harmony is that like i i resonate with you because there's a part of myself that is that identifies with you that I haven't found. And it's that, that ability to rest in self. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You rest, you're at rest in yourself. Whereas I'm exhausted because I'm not at rest in myself. I'm in conflict. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel I you. Which is like, uh. oh, this is just sweet harmony. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, me and but it's me and Jed that sit here with the screaming (laughs) fucking banshee all day. So like, let's just call a spade a spade, okay? Okay, the the appearances, huh? You you know, I mean, she gets it. Yeah, she feels it, but there's also moments, okay? (laughs) Of course, she's a human. Yeah. I think I think we we live in each other. You know, we live in each other's hearts, and so. I I know I know and feel (laughs) your struggle. So you just have to go into your heart and you'll feel that rested place too. Fucking relax inside. Relax Relax inside, inside, Santina. (laughs) Oh my god, what's it gonna fucking take to (laughs) find that Russell? Fucking take. (sighs) Okay, well we gotta go. But it's been so awesome talking to you. you It was really beautiful and um yeah thanks for taking the time to to chat with us and share yourself with us and with everyone listening today thanks harmony thank you russell thank you okay thanks for listening to this episode of finding harmony with me your host harmony slater you can find out more information on my website harmonyslater.com and i look forward to connecting with you again soon Standing in eternity's shadow, watching the breaking waves, there's a heart.